Ask the Myth Turns. Because mythology is the greatest soap opera of all time. With your cultural interns, Eris. And Z. Interns, because we're not professionals. And we're not getting paid. Hey, thanks for coming back. This is another episode of As the Myth Turns. I'm Eris. And I'm Z. And we have a guest star today. Hello, I'm CJ. And today we are talking about vampires. Yeah, in the classic sense. So we're going to be going over how they originated both in like folklore myth and also kind of the mass cultural myth of how people actually started becoming scared of vampires yeah. and changing their habits of burial practices. Yeah. And then of yes. course, you can't really talk about vampires without talking about like the vampire. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Which is why CJ's here. He's like an expert. On both Bram Stoker's and Castlevania's Dracula. Nice. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying Castlevania's Dracula's my preferred Dracula. I'm gonna be honest, I ain't seen it. So I'm a it's on my cue though. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> Too soon. Yes. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying when I started watching Castlevania, I was like, Dracula isn't the good guy? Because I'm like, he's making all the choices I would have made. In fact, he's being like nice about it. I would have just straight up gone into town and be like, no, you killed my wife. Screw you. Everybody's dead. And he's just like, I'm going to warn them first. I'm going to warn them and give them a time limit to get their stuff and get the hell out of my country. But I'm like, oh God, that's fucking Dracula. That's a good dude. That's a good dude. <laughs> Stupid sexy Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> and his vampire Jesus son, Alucard. <laughs> Dracula fucking backwards. I literally hit myself on the forehead when I realized that. When it, when it dawned on me that it was Dracula backwards. To be fair. I was that, like, no! Like, smacked my face. To be fair, Alucard comes from a hammer horror film like the son of dracula and literally it comes from dracula backwards because that's the name written down on the character's luggage nice it's super dumb but i mean whatever it's 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 all part of it now yeah yeah but what we know as vampires today like they're super pale super fast super sexy it has a light thing has like a porphyria light disease yeah. Can't go outside during sunlight. They get all burnified and crispy like toast. Yeah. That's not what vampires initially started out as. In the originality, orig- origination, yeah. or origins, that's the word. <laughs> In the origins of vampires, as far as like Western European lore, they were originally like corpses. Mm-hmm. They were more akin to zombies. Like yeah. they'd come out of their graves and drink the blood of the living. And Yeah. So originally they were like undead who visited their family and caused shit or death in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and they well they're seen as wearing shrouds but that was actually a really common thing burying people in caskets wasn't like a thing until recent centuries so they were usually just like material and effort you couldn't preserve people either yeah like unless you were in one of the few cultures that had a really really stringent and elaborate burial practice yeah and those were usually reserved for fancy people anyways then you died and as soon as you died you began the decay process right yeah for sure so, so they would either bury you quick, or they would put a shroud over you, and that was just yours then. Yeah. So yeah. they were not getting that blanket back. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, honestly, that's like true facts. Like that's how I wanna. Yeah. I, I they, just want to be like wrap me up in a sheet and throw me in the backyard or something. Like they, I don't... they do those now, and they're called natural burials. So they. You seen... would be surprised by how much it costs. Yeah. CJ, you gotta give me the solid. <laughs> just wrap me up in a sheet. It's cool. It's cool. Nobody will ask questions. <laughs> So they were originally seen as like wearing shrouds and were bloated 
ugly some bitches. Right. Because they were decaying. Yeah. So. Which is actually, I mean, that's part of the natural decaying process and it, a little bit could be too. I, so, so like in the 18th century, there was a mass hysteria based on pre-existing folk beliefs, uh, like especially from like the Balkans area and then mm-hmm. the you know, Eastern European of vampires, which were already like a thing in mythos, urban legends and folklore. But there was this mass hysteria of like, vampires are coming to take over. And mm-hmm. so like a lot of people would dig up their recently dead loved ones just to like check. Yeah. During this time, and then they would find that, oh no, sometime during overnight, their bodies had changed, and now they're all bloated, and and I'm like, yeah, that's because gas is expelled. Their chest cavity and torso has bloated, and hand fingernails have seemed to groan, and it's because gases have built up, and fluids have drained, flesh receded, the gums were wider, the teeth were more exposed, so they Mm -hmm. appeared longer, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, This is just like, this is just what happens when any anything dies. And if you've gotten to the panicky point where you're already willing to dig up a loved one, like yeah. you've kind of like, you've got to that point in your grief and your, your panic and horror. If you hunt for monsters, you're gonna, you're gonna find monsters. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. A thing that I found was that one of the telltale signs that your loved one had turned into a vampire was that they were leaking blood, like out of their noses or their mouth. But, Could okay. be another thing. So I have this like list of what probably was happening to make people think that vampires were a thing. Right. It was like their way to explain decomposition. Yes. Because they didn't quite have that kind of knowledge. Like the soil and the temperatures of the soil and the earth and stuff would make the body decay in certain different, in different ways. In yeah. different ways. Like you're talking about when the gas wells up in the torso, it makes them like look plump or yeah. well fed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then like when people would stake the bodies, the gases would release and it would make a groaning sound. And so they're like, oh, of course this person was a vampire. They made a groaning sound. There are anecdotes of bodies that have had so much gas build up. Because another burial practice used to be, you know, you'd have to leave it in the family's home until time for burial. Mm -hmm. And there are anecdotes of bodies with so much gas build up that they literally sat up because of the, like, sudden change. Yeah. Which is super weird, but hey, vampire. Right, right. Right, Yeah. Um, Also, premature burial, which would explain, like, why some people would dig up a body and it would look like they had blood on their mouth or their nose because they would bury people. Yeah, or scratches on the inside of the coffin. Yeah, and the people would hear, like, from like Noises. relatively shallow graves they would hear people screaming from yeah. inside when they did start using coffins and like they would hit their head or their nose or something and that would explain why they're like bleeding uh, grave robbery also because one of the telltale signs was that the grave had been dug yeah and grave robbery was kind of common <laughs> also a lot of these are, are European folk yeah. based because this is definitely like you know stuff out of Romania and Transylvania out of the Balkans out of Eastern Europe Wallachia yeah, yeah. and so a lot of these are, are European based myths Europeans would bury their loved ones with precious things mm-hmm. especially religious iconography either yeah. the rosaries or whatever which were often made of precious and valuable material yeah. <laughs> and so like of course grave robbers are going to be like there's literally thousands of dollars underneath the earth I just gotta get a shovel and get to it I'm not I'm not condoning it I'm just saying I totally understand why somebody might do that <laughs> well, and, and part of it too is all of these things happen and probably if they dug up everybody they 
they would find stuff like this and maybe it would have curtailed some of the superstition. But one of the things was it would be like a string of bad happenings would occur. Yeah. Like many people in town would get sick, you know, in the week after someone was buried and then everyone would get together and be like, but what if they're a vampire? Right. And they'd go dig up that one body. Yes. Yeah. There's actually one of the earliest stories of like, or legends, whatever, of vampires being in America is with Mercy Brown. Tuberculosis was like running rampant through yes. the, the through the town, and uh, the consumption. But yeah, the consumption. Because there's only one. You just pass it from person to person. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And it's it's actually like the best documented case of exhumation for banishment rituals. But anyways, they had tuberculosis, and then her mother Mary Brown died, and then her older sister Mary Olive, or might have been her younger sister. But anyways, and then her and her brother Edwin got it, and Mercy died. And then friends and family, even though they like didn't call her a vampire, they suspected that she mm-hmm. was the cause of Edwin's illness. So when they dug up Mary and Mary Olive, they were decomposed like they expected a body to be. But when they dug up Mercy, she still had blood in her heart because she had died in, like, the winter, and so she had been kept in a crypt in the winter. Like, so basically she was in a refrigerator. Um, uh. And so they burned her body and fed it to Edwin, which was kind of common around that around that time, was that they would feed the body of the vampire in, like, a soup to its victims. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember, um, I remember but something then he, like that, yeah. He died two months later anyways. Um, Probably not that corpse body. Either. Right, right. Um, I kid, but I actually, like, that's a really common thing of feeding the dead to your loved ones. Which is... For various different cultures have mm, a different type of cannibalistic in that corpse practice. Most cultures that practice cannibalism, I mean, off topic, but they didn't practice it on their enemies. Like, they didn't capture people and then eat them. Mm -hmm. It was a way to venerate elders or the dead. Keep their knowledge and strength within the community. Keep a part of them literally inside of you. Yeah. Which is so weird because cannibalism is so taboo even in like, or especially in Western cultures. In Western cultures, And then this was like such a normal thing. Yeah. to eat the vampires. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I guess they don't consider it it's cannibalism. Just re- it's just revenge. Yeah. But a little trivia about Mercy Brown, other than what I've already given you, is that it's very, very possible that Bram Stoker had learned of her case via, like, news articles and stuff mm-hmm. and based his character Lucy Westerna from Dracula was, on her. Dude was pretty practical. He, that's, this is why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Dracula wasn't the first vampire story. There mm-hmm. was literally the story The Vampire, yeah. which yeah. was published before it. It yeah, was published 1819 1819. by John William Poldori. And that wasn't even necessarily the first one because I think Carmela came out even before it. Yeah. Um, It was the first time that vampires were really romanticized. Yes. So what Stoker did with Dracula is I assume he probably saw or heard or read Carmela and the vampire and Mm -hmm. was like, that's really interesting. I'm going to do some research. And so then he actually went and did a lot of research into the Eastern European myths Mm -hmm. of vampires, Mm -hmm. specifically Transylvania and also learned of everyone's favorite, generally not great dude, Vlad Tepes, the Impaler, one of the princes of Wallachia, and kind of connected, like, that character to the mythos, which, I mean, already existed. Yeah. (laughs) He was called Vlad Dracula, and Dracula came from, like, him being part of the Order Order of the Dragon. Yeah, his father was the Order of the Dragon. Dracul is dragon. Dracula is son of the dragon, if I remember correctly, because his father was in the Order of the Dragon. Yeah. So he was literally Dracula. Yes. And if 
if you don't know, he was not even the crown prince of Wallachia to start with. He had a couple of older brothers, if I remember right. But uh, Wallachia was conquered many times. And, and repeatedly, he would be sent to live with the conquerors and be trained by them. Yeah. He- That's sort of a, um, a ward situation of, yeah. like, hey, we took you over. We're taking one of your princes. Yeah. Yeah. He was made prince of Wallachia three different times because of all the times that it got conquered. And then the family would, like, reconquer it again. Yeah. And so he came from, you know, troubled times. Everyone did. Yeah. Yeah. But he was also, and this some of this is probably anecdotal history mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, history is written by the victors and he, but he is written at, to be a pretty fucking mm-hmm. cruel dude. Historically, there was a punishment for enemy soldiers or dissidents or stuff. Impalement, where you, some, some sharpened stakes and you put people on them either like through the gut or the ass or just generally there's no good way to be impaled. I mean, I think yeah. even there were people who were like mouth first around yeah. the stake and then you just left them sort of similar to like how crucifixion like you nail yeah. people up and you just let yeah. them hang and it's not the nails that kill you it's gravity well that's how impalement works except you're not nailed to a anything you're just you're just on a stake and supposedly to reinforce how cruel he was Dracula the historical figure used to dine in the forest of his impaled victims and yeah. even maybe dip his bread in the blood Ugh. so you know turning him into a vampire it wasn't terribly from left field. But so Stoker got all this research on Dracula, got all this research on the vampires, combined them, and then probably even got stories like Mercy Brown for the characters in, for the for the now infamous Count's visit to London mm-hmm. and yeah. such. Hey guys, just wanted to take a quick second to say thanks to Pack Mule Photography in Coweta, Oklahoma for sponsoring this episode. And also thanks to Mac Boyle for producing this show and giving us valuable advice. We really appreciate it. This episode's random fact, saffron, which is the most expensive spice in the world, costs up to around $2,700 for a pound. It takes around 70,000 crocus blossoms, which gives about 210 stigmas to make a pound of the stuff. These stigmas are carefully removed by hand and then toasted dry, which makes saffron. Luckily, most recipes don't require a pound of this stuff, but even a gram of it takes around 450 to 500 stigmas. So that's a lot of flowers. All right, back to the episode. So I looked a lot into like the etymology of vampires mm-hmm. and how the word came to be. Because especially with the mass hysteria and stuff that went on, a lot of it's very similar to how people freak out about witchcraft. Yeah. And there's a couple of different contentions, especially in academia, about like where vampire comes from. Specifically tracking the history of the word vampire. And most likely it's based off of the word witch, which is like umpire in a lot of different languages. Mm-hmm. But umpire, umbeer, whatever, is the word for witch. And so a, a lot of like the hysteria makes sense to me based off of that. There's one that I just wanted to give a shout out for because it's for Voltron nerds. <laughs> There's a possible link to the Slavic verb repitsa, which if you watch Voltron Legendary Defender, you know that's like the Galrin call to arms. <laughs> and it is, it's a Slavic verb that means to stick or to thrust. But if you conjugate it, it gets closer to something that sounds like vampire. Right. And so that's also a possible, and it could be a 
it could be a blend of both. It could be, you know, we already had this word that's very similar to witch. And then especially if you spoke or were around where Slavic languages were spoken, and then you heard like the noun of like a person who thrusts, a, th- a person who sticks, and you heard it and you kind of blend it. And you're like, oh, vampires. Yeah, I totally got it. You know, <laughs> right. like those witches that stick people with their feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, etymology is fascinating. It really yes, is. Yeah. Like, so in Albania, their version of the vampire is literally like a vampiric witch. Like, yeah. She's like a witch with vampire-like tendencies and she's called mm-hmm. a striga. Mm-hmm. And then the male version is either a strigu or a strigan. There actually comes into the modern version of vampires about how they can change into bats and stuff. Probably came from strigas because they can turn into like moths and flies mm-hmm. and bees and stuff like that. Yeah, there's also like Empusa, which actually, Empusa the character is the daughter of Hecate. Hecate? Hecate? He- or that. I always thought it was Hecate. It might not um, be. But yeah, so it's Greek, Greco-Roman, but the creature itself would feast on the blood of people by transforming into a young woman and then seducing people. So there's so definitely like like, there's, there's like yeah a very succubus. I don't know maybe a little bit John Polidori's The Vampire. So if you don't know the story of The Vampire 1819 by John Polidori John Polidori was the doctor for Lord Byron. And Lord Byron is himself I'm pretty sure like I know he's not a vampire. Like I know I know I know he's not a vampire. But he a vampire. But if you were gonna base a vampire on any freaking human that ever walked this earth it would be Lord Byron. <laughs> he was he was not to say like he was gross but like he just seduced literally everybody he's just sort of like all the ladies take off your panties you belong to me now (laughs) women would actually mail him his pubic hair because for some reason people found him sexy Mm, I don't know anyway the cool news if you get special dispensation from wherever he's buried which I want to say Westminster Abbey but that might be wrong if you have academic dispensation you can actually view his corpse because he's been pickled so he's perfectly preserved and you can just see him as he mostly was because he's basically a giant pickle now. He was preserved in brine because he died overseas, essentially. And right. So to ship him back back then was just like, oh, geez. <laughs> like, so <laughs> I just, I just feel like I need to make this really childish connection. He was like a sex machine, right? <laughs> right. And then they pickled him. But isn't that something that you do to cucumbers who are also used as sex machines? I mean, probably. I just feel like, I feel like that's like some sixth grade shit right there. But I'm going to point it out because I'm a sixth grader on the inside. <laughs> I think it's super interesting to bring up, like, the vampires as sexual creatures, because Bram Stoker's Dracula is all about that. Like, yeah, like, all about that like, like, <laughs> like, from the beginning, Jonathan Harker is weirdly transfixed by the Count, and then he meets the Count's brides, and he's like, I mustn't. I love Mina, but... But what if but I did then, anyway? <laughs> and then, whenever the Count arrives in London, spoilers, by the way, for a book that's over 100 years old, so, <laughs> you know, sure, whatever. Yeah. When the Count arrives in London, he turns Lucy, who goes from the prim and proper, you know, <laughs> rich woman's daughter who, you know, had three suitors and had such a hard time choosing to kind of a harlot, like being (laughs) spotted in, you know, the morning mists and seducing people and feeding from them mm-hmm. and trying to, like, seduce her way out of being mm-hmm. staked. Dracula and, turned her into a bad and girl. The, and the feeding... Just like in Greece. Like, <laughs> like the, 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 the sneaking in and feeding on Mina is always... was always written as, like, a deeply sexual, yes. like, act. Yeah. Like, like, vampires have almost as long as they've been in pop culture have been sexual 
creatures. Yes, yeah. yeah. Even despite the bloating aspects. Right, because, <laughs> yeah, because, like, the, the base mythos is very, kind of, like, uber gross. Like, holy... In the, like, in the story, the Count, once he has made it to London and been well-fed, Harker's like, fuck, he was, he was old, but now he's young and hot. Damn it. <laughs> it's like, oh, my Victorian sensibility says no. My hips say yes. And I'm, I'm just going to call it out. Stoker was pretty misogynistic. Oh my god, yeah. But, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know. Also a little xenophobic. Oh, yeah. vampire yeah. stories are absolutely about xenophobia. Yeah. The yeah. outsider coming in oh, and sure. literally sucking the lifeblood out of a community. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. Like, it's like, doesn't even hide it. It's, I mean, vampires have been used for all kinds of, like, social and political representations. Like, oh, geez, Marx yeah. and Voltaire believe vampires represented capitalism and, like, businessmen sucking oh. the life's blood yeah. out of communities. You're and... draining me. You're oh. draining the life out of me. Like, oh, how right. many times have you heard that in, like, some, like, overwrought melodrama about, like, a failing marriage? <laughs> right. <laughs> a lot of vampires um, specifically target, like, pregnant women, which you could just connect it to fears of all the bad shit that can happen to you when you're pregnant. Oh, yeah. So, so, many, so many things. Also, so many things also, can happen to you when you're babies pregnant. Babies are low-key vampires anyway. Oh, for so. sure. Yeah, they're parasites. <laughs> like, for sure. Like, and that, that's not, like, I mean, like, okay, it's a little political, but at the same time, like, look up at, like, how babies are, not not just how babies are made, but, like, how the cellular structure actually works. Parasites. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> they suck off of you for 18 years afterwards. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that, that <laughs> and just, that's And then you get osteoporosis. Sure. And, then, <laughs> and then you die. <laughs> that's why you have to take your vitamins. <laughs> and not have babies. Take your vitamins, uterus bearers. <laughs> <laughs> so, somebody that we haven't talked about that I'm, like, super excited to talk about is Elizabeth Bathory, who's yeah. also, like, Vlad, a very early version of the vampire. Fun yes. fact. Yes. One of Stoker's great, great, great something nephews wrote a sequel to Dracula. Oh, no. It's not good. Oh, no. <laughs> like, if somehow you hear this podcast, guy, I'm sorry. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Read it the your Countess own Elizabeth of... Bathory mm. appears as a vampire. Oh, I love it. I mean, okay, so here's, here's the thing, right? So she is even older than Vlad. Like, I believe Vlad was around in the 1700s? I think so. 1600s? I'll double check. Um, Elizabeth Bathory was born August 7th, 1560 and died August 21st, 1614. So she was like 54 years old, lived in the 1600s. So she was Hungarian, which is now Hungary, Slovakia, and Romania. And she was accused of torturing and killing up to 650 girls between 1585 and 1609. She's also known as Ursavet and the Blood Countess. She's believed to have bathed in the blood of virgins to maintain her youth and all that junk. Yeah. She was also like very high up politically. Like, her uncle was the Prince of Transylvania, and her mother was the daughter of a different Prince of Transylvania. At 13, she had a child with a peasant boy, and the baby was taken to Wallachia. Look, I am just saying, at 13, probably didn't have full consenting powers over yeah. that baby. Small yeah. correction. Vlad Dracula, Vlad Tepes, born 1428, died oh, so... 1476 or 77. Oh, neat. Okay. So, so... so he's older than her. Yeah. Oh, that kills that, that that my That ruined your fanfiction. I know, my, my head canon was that this baby was like the the um, the ancestor or something of Vlad the Impaler, but I guess if he's older, then that's not possible. I mean, it, vice the versa. The baby daddy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I dig. So, yeah, so it was um, initially thought that like all her victims were serving girls between like 10 and 14, you know, very youthful, very beautiful girls. I guess vaguely, easily to just disappear. I mean, if, if it was yeah. that many, you'd be so, like... Okay, so here's the thing. So there's people a lot just of... not keep track of their kids? <laughs> right. 
So there was a lot of war in the area. And she married a man who went off to war and was gone frequently. So she was extremely smart, very well educated, took care of all the lands. She had like seven different properties. Her family was rich. So the king at the time owed her money. Yeah. And she would open up her castle and her home and stuff almost as like an ER or a triage or whatever, you know, like to take care of people. Yeah. Yeah. So like when you take that into consideration, all of that, her accusations were were probably extremely political. It's, oh, like it's, her odds it, are she was not a murderer. It sounds like the good old-fashioned story of powerful w- woman. How can we get this power away from her? Yeah, yeah. or she must be a witch. Like, there's no way yeah. she's this smart, you know? Yeah. Um, and also, if she so, opened up her home to a hospital, it could be that those deaths were just people that she wasn't able to save. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like, people die in hospitals all the time. Yeah. People die in hospitals all the time now in, fuck, what was it? This was the 1500s. In between, in yeah. between 1500 to uh, you know, sixteen hundred. Yeah, you go to the hospital yeah. to die. Yeah, because <laughs> um, you 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 fucked up beyond all repair. Hospital might buy you a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. no so, time for your family to come by. There were supposedly three hundred witnesses, and then the people that like accused her and came to like arrest her, or whatever, supposedly caught her mid torture. But there's actually no evidence of that. Right. So she was accused of all this stuff. They found guilty of torturing and like bloody orgies and beatings, burning, mutilation. You know, like bite people's hands and face off. Like, she's accused of some pretty weird shit. Cannibalism. But basically, she's found guilty of it all. All of her estates would go to the king, because her husband had died at this point, so oh, she was, okay. like, sole heir. Okay. So all of her stuff would go to the king, and all the debts that people owed her would go to him, and his debt to her would be for forgiven. <laughs> so it's kind of like, oh, huh. I wonder what really it, happened here. Interesting how that shook out, huh? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, the number one witness who re- who reportedly saw 650 victims documented in, like, Elizabeth's diary was illiterate. So I don't know how that's possible. I'm just saying, I I want to get a legal defense ready for Elizabeth like, Bathory. Yeah, Elizabeth Bathory, the person, I'm just like, oh my god. Like, she got she got thrown under the bus. For um, sure. Before buses were invented. Right. And, um, but, like, Elizabeth Bathory, like, the mythological figure, she I'm just like, she, like, she got I mean, I'm just gonna say well, hashtag life goals. There are companies today that are selling the blood of young people to the rich yeah. to help them live longer. So full yeah. circle? Full yeah. circle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh my So yeah, I don't know. I just I'm a little um a little indignant about her treatment, but oh, also sure. I kinda wanna write a book about her. Oh absolutely. So like yeah. as far as like the mythos of her, because she was Write it better than Dracula too. <laughs> <laughs> no guarantees, I mean. Uh, and unfortunately, I think that's all that we have time for today. We're definitely going to come back and revisit vampires, probably even in this season. Um, yes. There is a there is a lot. There is a lot about vampires and a lot that we want to talk about. So this is like part two of, I don't know, part seven, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many numbers. Yeah, part one, not part two. Oh, <laughs> part one, I'll just take that. See um, if you can find the hidden bonus episode. Visit our Patreon. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye! (laughs) Thanks for listening. And don't forget to like, 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 and subscribe to As The Myth Turns on Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter. And visit us on patreon.com slash ATMT. Transcripts of this episode can be found at asthemythturns.wordpress.com. Our theme song is called Fretless by Kevin McLeod. You can find more of his music at incompetech.com.